So Hannah and I went to university together. We both studied Arabic together at Durham and she's an incredibly talented artist and painter and she has worked in uh, Jordan and Calais in refugee camps with a number of different organisations running art projects with refugees, particularly with women and children. And most recently, she spent time this summer in Kurdistan in Iraq working with Yazidi women and girls who escaped captivity under ISIS, which was part of a project that we organised this time last winter. Hannah and I put it together and fundraised, and the majority of the money came from the Isle of Man. Actually, we raised uh, just over £3,000, and I think at least two-thirds of it came from donations from the Isle of Man to make this happen. And uh, you say donations from the Isle of Man. Your granny actually played a part in this as well. (laughs) Tell us about that. My granny knitted solidly for about three months. I think she knitted about 100 hats that we could sell to raise money for this project. So, yeah, we could not have done it without her. She was absolutely incredible. That is fantastic. Now, now before we come to the why, um, tell us what actually happens when Hannah goes out to these communities and what does she actually do? When she went to Kurdistan, she spent about two weeks with groups of women and girls and she was teaching them to draw and to paint. They'd never, never painted or drawn before. And um, she went with a psychologist called Sarah Whitaker Howe who collected their testimonies and, and spoke to them about what they'd been through when they were in captivity. And Hannah helped them to use art as a means of expressing themselves and expressing their trauma, trying to help them rebuild their hopes for the future and, and giving them back a sense of value and trying to instill through art the idea that they're not defined by what's happened to them. And she's posted some images on her Instagram account that are incredibly powerful. And there's one particular that really stood out for me where she's sort of sitting opposite a, a woman and you can see that Hannah herself is incredibly moved. And this yeah. woman is, is sharing a painting that she has done. And it's representing the time when her six-year-old daughter was taken from her. And you, you can't even yeah. really begin to fathom what that must be like for these women. No, we can't even begin to imagine what they've what they've been through the the issue has become quite a bit more high profile in the last year or so but certainly for the first couple of years people weren't really talking about it there wasn't really a lot of media coverage um in 2014 when isis were taking control over parts of northern iraq they went into towns and villages in kurdistan um which are populated by the yazidi ethnic minority which ISIS see as heretic and un-Islamic because they they adhere to a slightly different kind of Islam to them. And they basically rounded up the men and the boys and killed them en masse and captured the women and girls and enslaved them. And they've been subject to all kinds of torture and abuse. They were sold as slaves at markets. And so the girls and women that Hannah was working with were either lucky enough to have escaped or been freed. And now we're seeing quite a lot more women who are who have been liberated as the Iraqi army has taken back control of areas of northern Iraq. One of the major problems that they're facing now is actually reintegrating back into their communities because obviously their communities don't really understand what they've been through and they're also quite conservative societies so there's quite a lot of emphasis placed on the notions of honour and virginity and a lot of the women have been raped and so it's incredibly difficult for them coming back home and coming to terms with what's happened and reintegrating into normal life. 
So what does it mean to them then to have um, somebody like Hannah going out, someone who's from a different country, who's recognised what they're going through? It, it must sort of, it must affect them in some way that knowing that actually the rest of the world is aware. I think that's the most important thing. It's just giving them a voice and letting them know that their stories are heard, that people care. With everything that's gone on in Iraq and Syria, it has definitely not got as much attention as it should have done. And I think that the Yazidi people in particular have certainly felt that the world had forgotten about them. And so a project like this is reinforcing for them that actually people do care and people are listening to their stories. It's giving them a voice. And also Hannah then brings back sort of a little piece really of of her time there because she paints portraits, doesn't she? And they've been hung in some fantastic places and they've been recognised by some some really big organisations. She's won all kinds of awards. She's exhibited in the Saatchi Gallery as well, I think. That's right, yes, in the summer. And they'll be exhibited in the British Parliament in a few weeks, I believe. And then hopefully when people see these paintings and these portraits, it will again sort of raise that awareness of of what's happening. Yeah, she's um, she's been exhibiting them in the UK, trying to raise awareness for the issue and also to raise money for the Jinder Centre, which is the post-trauma recovery centre where she ran the project with these women. Now, I suppose some people might say, you know, sort of you're just going out there with with paint and and paper and what is that really going to do? But art really can actually be a sort of means of recovery, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Art is used as a form of therapy around the world for various different traumas. Something like this is so important in a place like like Iraq, like Kurdistan, because the Iraqi government is finding it very, very difficult to cope with the um, survivors of sexual violence and conflict. And so something like this is just providing them with some kind of, of hope of recovery and hope of a normal life. The government's facing a number of problems now that they've liberated all of these areas from ISIS and they're trying to kind of focus on reconstruction and reconciliation. And so victims of of sexual abuse often tend to fall by the wayside and don't receive the care that they need. Now you speak about this so passionately and you did when you were on the show with us this before various different projects you've been involved with but why do you want to do this? What is it that sort of compels you to want to help people on essentially the other side of the world in communities that you know we could and as a lot of us do actually just sort of ignore it and only look at it through our televisions or in the news or on blogs or Facebook or whatever but you actually want to go and help these people why? I think it's incredibly easy somewhere like the Isle of Man to kind of detach ourselves from what's going on elsewhere in the world. Incredibly easy. I mean, we just kind of get on with our everyday lives and don't think about things like climate change and the refugee crisis. But actually, it's so easy to forget that what's going on in one part of the world can impact everybody. And I think we're at a time now where the problems that the world is currently facing are going to impact future generations on the Isle of Man everywhere in all corners of the world. And so I think that the most important thing is to just stay engaged and stay aware of, of what's going on. And I think as well, people people tend to underestimate the impact that they can have. I think some of these issues, like the conflict in Iraq and Syria, can just seem so complicated, so far beyond our understanding and so far beyond our ability to help. And yet with something like this, we've shown how a tiny community like the Isle of Man has actually made a massive difference to these women and girls who are not receiving care elsewhere. 
So I think it's actually incredibly inspiring to see what communities like ours can do. Absolutely. And uh, you are going to offer the island another opportunity to, to get involved and help because you're putting on a supper club, aren't you? Tell us about that. Yes. So I'm working currently with Bath and Bottle and um, the team from the Bath and Bottle 14 North and Little Fish Cafe. We're organising a Syrian supper club to raise money for a foundation called the Hands Up Foundation, which supports charities in Syria working with victims of the conflict. So that will be on the 26th of April at Bath and Bottle. We'll be hosting a three-course meal with drinks. And yeah, we hope that people will come along and continue to support projects like this on the Isle of Man. Um, We haven't started selling tickets yet, but if you're interested... Um, we'll publish all of the information on Bath and Bottles social media and also Pink Gin, which is the Middle East and North Africa blog that I write, where you can also find out more about the art project and other things going on in the Middle East. And I would really recommend following Hannah on Instagram. It's Hannah Rose Thomas, uh, where you can see her incredible paintings that she's done and also the work of the women and girls that she worked with in the summer.